this Friday. Your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Ugh. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello, I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only theaters Friday. Get tickets now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Your ears do not deceive you. You have just entered the Cryptid Creator Corner brought to you by your friends at Comic Book Yeti. So without further ado, let's get on to the interview. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Comic Book Yeti's Cryptid Creator Corner. I'm one of your hosts, Jimmy Gasparro, and I have not one, but two guests with me today. I have the co-founders of Fugitive Poems, and they have a uh, volume three of their Kickstarter for Containment Breach. It is an anthology. Um, the theme this time is of clouds and ether. Uh, I have a, a, some folks I know that are in this anthology. It looks uh, very exciting. I can't wait to talk to them about it. But please welcome to the podcast today, Christian DiMatteo and James Lines. Christian and James, how are you doing today? Good, good, Jimmy. How are you? Doing well. I'm doing great. Um, so just to start it off, for anyone who's listening who isn't familiar, um, so this is Fugitive Poems, which the two of you co-founded. Containment Breach is the name of the anthology. It's the third volume. Currently, um, uh, this is a few days before we're recording this a few days uh, after the start and a few days before the, the episode actually drops. You're right now at 83% funded. You've got 28 days to go. Um, I love the theme of this, of clouds and ether. And for anyone that hasn't, you know, has listened to this episode and hasn't gone and checked out the Kickstarter page yet. I wrote down, this is a 140-page anthology, 15 different comic teams, and just listen to some of these ideas that kind of started off uh, this Of Clouds and Ether. Exploring the worlds within the ether, the holes in space-time, the beings in the dark matter, all that could exist beyond and between reality. Um, yeah, that's, uh, I want I want all of that. I want, it's that, that Fry gift from uh, Futurama, Take My Money. It's all of that. Um, so why don't you start off? Because uh, the folks that listen to this have heard enough of, of my voice. So, um, you know, Christian or James, whoever wants to take, you know, uh, take it away and kind of, you know, talk to me about this volume of Containment Breach, this theme and, you know, how this began to come together. And then we'll talk about the Kickstarter and the, the reward tiers. You want to jump on first, James? 
Yeah, yeah, I'll start off. Uh, so those those are Christian's words. That's uh, those are the words that inspire me as well. He's such a great writer and uh, really really inspires you know the the, the visuals of every, everything that we do. And he also um, w- one of the things that we do that's kind of unique to the an- anthologies, although people are starting to do it now. I'm wondering if they're getting it from us. Um, we actually do prompt the uh, teams. Um, we uh, not randomly select, but uh, Christian and I uh, have, you know, the the list of uh, writers and artists, and we pair people together. Uh, we don't always know them. Some, you know, now on this one, we've had a couple of people that have come back, so we're a lot more familiar with them. But we do have a whole batch of new people as well. So we would look, um, we review people's portfolios uh, for the visuals and uh, uh, ask for writing samples, but we don't. We uh the the writers don't pitch us for the book. We just look at uh you know stuff that they have out in out in the ether and um uh we we put them together and then uh you know we have these uh random prompts that are uh made up by the other artists and sometimes Christian will make them up as well and uh they're they're handed out. So uh one of the things that I really like about our our series, this is now our third one running. Um is that sort of that innovation of you know putting new people together and having sparks fly, creative sparks fly, and uh, having that you know a, a little bit of that stress. You know, you don't know the person, you're not as familiar with them, and you, know, you want to kind of put forth your your best efforts. And we uh, we certainly get a lot of good effort out of people. Um, so it's you know it's just a, it's a great formula, and so it's a lot of fun. It's very it's stressful for us too. I mean, we do a lot of work, but we also you know we enjoy the heck out of it, um, putting it together. And yeah, and so the first volume was like Quarantine Chronicles. I think was kind of the 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 volume tagline of it. The second one, Myth Reborn, which was very good, had a lot of fun stuff in it. And so you know, Christian, where did where did of clouds and ether like where was there a, a particular inspiration where you thought, oh, this is this is where I want to go with this. I've, I've got to give credit to a very dear friend of ours, uh, Evan Knapp. A um, couple of things happened. Uh, we had another theme that Volume 3 was going to be. Okay. Uh, uh, but we got so many people. That Myth Ripborn was a big hit, and we, which we were thrilled about. One of our, our missions uh, as a company is to raise the banners of all these other great indie artists and, our, and ourselves. We want we want to get people out there. We, 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 you know, you can't get published till you're published, right? So mm-hmm. we said, well, the heck with it. We'll publish. And we've had a bunch of people go on. Uh, actually, just today, I was going to hold it up, but this is not going to be on camera. Uh, uh, ben Humanix, Bro D Can't Be Broken, came in the mail for me. Uh, ben yeah, was... I- <laughs> yeah, I I know it. If we do put it on YouTube, but just to show you guys, I'm holding up my copy of Protein Can't Be Broken. Uh, I've got uh, you know, and I've got books from so many people that were in Volume One and Volume Two. They're going on to other projects, and w- that's what we want to do. Well, Myth Reborn was such a hit uh, that when we put out the call for Volume Three, and we don't tell, no one knows. You don't know until you are accepted what the theme is. Right, uh, cool. and certainly not the creative prompt because those are team created and shuffled around, uh, which is so much fun, by the way. Um, but we uh, we had so many people come out, writers and, and and artists and whatnot, that we decided to do two books, um, and we still had to turn people away. We still had uh, uh, um, 
we the, the, there was a moment of the contemplation of how many books could we possibly do, and we decided to do two, which almost killed us. Um, <laughs> and we did them both at the exact same time. Volume four is done, and so we're talking, and I'm talking to my friend Evan Knapp about it, and I said, "Well, this one's going to be this." He said, "Well, you got to balance it out if you're going to go sort of heavier over there. Mm-hmm. Why not do a yin yang?" And how about something? I don't know, ethereal. And he said, that's what he said. He said the word ethereal. And I, oh, <laughs> and we're huge sci-fi fans. Uh, we, we never tell anyone to write a genre for these books. These books are prompt created and we get what we end up getting. If everyone decides to write a funny story, they'd all be funny books, right? Uh, we don't tell them you're doing horror, you're doing this. This ended up being mostly sci-fi. People took it and ran with in that idea of, the clouds in the ether and what's what's up and what's within and uh and it's everything that i hope we would get out of it and I, i'm so excited about it and it's going to be balanced by volume four which we're going to be firing pretty quickly into uh which is uh is going to be uh, on a different side of things oh that's yeah. awesome yeah i like the. i can't wait to see what that theme is and um you know look back and say oh yeah that does make a good balance to uh you know of clouds and ether um i mean it's it's a it's a good title because it conjures up so many different things. And like when you have a, a prompt like that, um, you know, or uh, th- that's the umbrella, you can go a lot of different ways. I mean, I understand. And that's certainly where my mind goes in terms of the sci-fi aspect of it. I saw right. some of the the tweets, you know, um, promoting the project today and references to um, the fifth element and alien and uh, one of my yeah. favorite movies, the last Starfighter. fighter. Um, oh, I, I would, that hit me, uh, and I realized I could use a tagline as 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 a comic quote. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I got to do it. It took me, J- Jimmy. I'm not the visuals guy. I'm I'm the writer. It took me so long to put that visual together. James probably could have sneezed and had it done, uh, but the, that that game <laughs> was was a work of hours and sweat. Uh, I'll share something with you that I have not shared with anyone else. All right. Um, this and you can't uh, no one can see it on the podcast but we'll see if i can get oh <laughs> uh, no there you go see that list it, it showed up for a second these are all yeah. the possible titles well that of of, uh, of clouds and ether uh um oh wow we, I've, I've got uh astral maps no one's ever i've never shared these publicly with anyone astral origins astral planes gravity well through the nebula funky space gas i was getting a little punchy at one point <laughs> We may do funky space gas one day. Uh, music of Universalis, Music of the Spheres, Orbital Resonance, Celestial Mechanics. And then I thought we we're going to get a bunch of Grease Monkey stories, you know, people fixing up old spaceships, and Celestial Mechanics, um, of, uh, and of stars in ether, uh, Celestial Orbits, Orbital Mechanics, uh, and, um, and, and uh, of Clouds and Stars, Cities of the Ether. So I, we were going, and then uh, we sat down with Evan because he had come up with, this uh, sending us in this direction and yeah. uh, actually evan made the final the final evan and my wife uh together made the final call oh nice well yep. i think i think I, I, I like some of those um uh actually i like the idea of celestial mechanics of a bunch of like uh you know a bunch of you know wor- working on like uh, like taxi but with spaceships you know <laughs> <laughs> my gosh Jimmy. one of the greatest shows ever yes oh that's brilliant we 
<laughs> what kind of alien is Laka Gravis is the question. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. That is a good question. Um, uh, I was always partial to Christopher Lloyd, to Reverend Jim, but still. <laughs> okay, an alien uh, on that. Oh, my gosh. Remember the episode that the, the, when they finally go to his house and he's just got that wall of TVs? He's just got like 100 TVs going all at once. I, I, I always think of the episode where uh, Mary Lou Henner takes him to like a fancy party and the musician it, it doesn't show up. And like he starts to do some things and it's like terrible. And then he sits down to play the piano and he's like a virtuoso. <laughs> oh, his background. Do you remember the episode where you where they finally gave his origin story? You, they, no, I don't think I do. He was he was raised by an incredibly wealthy, like Scarsdale, New York family, really hoity-toity. Uh, and he went to college and someone handed him a joint. Uh, and it, Christopher Lloyd's <laughs> acting is so magnificent. Oh, no. All right, fine. Just one puff. And he's got this perfect, straight, serious face mm -hmm. on. He inhales and boom, the Reverend Jim face comes on. <laughs> Apparently, that's the moment it happened. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. That, I, I love that show. Uh, oh, what a yeah. cast. Uh, I but I have some, some memories for me. I, I, haven't, I haven't seen that show since I was a little kid. I'll have to go back and watch some reruns. It, it's one of those shows that like there's moments of it that are etched in my in, in my memory, uh, in, especially I'm a big Danny DeVito fan. And there yeah. was I remember an episode and now we're talking about now this is the taxi podcast. <laughs> but we'll get we'll get back to containment breach. But there was an episode where Danny DeVito had to leave and he was taking his mother to the doctors or the hospital. And they said, what's what's the problem? And he said, Oh, well, she's having, she's having women trouble. And they're like, Oh, well, what is it? And, and he said, she's starting not to look like one. <laughs> it's like, as a kid, I, that joke killed. <laughs> Sometimes my father will still randomly yell in Danny DeVito's voice. Re <laughs> he was calling for the camera for his uh, pickup. Regan. <laughs> um, I love, I love my father got me into that show. I love it. I love it, and and it was there was so much heart to it. The episode where uh, 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 Alex Rieger goes on a date with this blind date, and it turns out she's really overweight, uh, so he doesn't call her back. And uh, and by the I mean by the end of the episode, you're heartbroken for for her, and he and he realizes what a sleazeball he is. But you never stopped laughing. It was not like a very you remember those very special episode of right. right? You laugh yeah. the whole way through, but the characters were three dimensional. They were real. It was a great show. I think yeah. we should do this taxi podcast. I like this. Yeah, let's let's do it. We'll we'll do like a taxi rewatch. See how how well it holds up, as yeah. as the kids say. Um, but but back turning back to to containment breach, and I wanted to talk about when you're putting something like this together. And I've I, I inter I've interviewed a few folks that have put together you know anthologies. I think the last episode I talked to Phil Falco, who is currently kickstarting Hairology. Um, mm -hmm. You know, and just like the the mechanics of it, and also when you're working to create your own story, um, having done three and four, because you did three and four together, do you do you still do you still get that excitement when you get like the art in, like as you did the first one? Are there still stories in here that have surprised you? And can you just talk a little bit about some of the other creators that you have on this project? Absolutely. James, I'll, I'll let you uh, start off with your thoughts on it, and then I'll go back to taxi. <laughs> <laughs> Christian will help me with the, with the names. I, I, I'll have to tell you, I, I'm sort of a, 
have a problem recalling people's names, but uh, I'll talk about the stories. And Christian is really good at filling in the names. Um, I just make some, new names up every time we talk. What? I just make new names up every time we talk. Oh, is it? Is that what it is? is that, <laughs> that's why I'm, why I'm always confused. So uh, we, you know, having the two stories come in at once, uh, like I said, or like Christian said, you know, we have like a yin yang thing going. So uh, this. Uh, um, Containment Breach 2 uh, was but gritty and uh, raw and, uh, you know, had a real dark side. Uh, you know, Fugitive Poems, us as two individuals, we like to really, uh, you know, push the the limits of the, you know, we're basically R-rated content for sure. Not not the whole book is, but, um, but we are. But this uh, putting together... Uh, Three is really interesting because there's so many like uplifting stories and so forth. And uh, this was the first first time that we, well, at least in our marketing and stuff, you know, uh, we started to use uh, other people's artwork. Uh, you know, uh, we used Gabe Martini's, uh, you know, an image out of one of his stories, uh, Sleepstream, uh, as the uh, cover image for the Kickstarter. Because, uh, you know, I I'm I'm good at drawing. Kind of, uh, I come from a like a metal background, like that's sort of my, my genre, if you could say it for my illustrations, uh, you know, like heavy metal stuff and, uh, uh, heavy metal magazine sort of things. And, but this, uh, I call everyone kids now cause I'm so old. This, this, this kid has a really uplifting, uh, feel to his work. And, uh, it goes, it goes so perfect with our, uh, the tone of the story. Um, that that one's one of my favorites. We have another one, the the Hill brothers, Mike, Michael and Michael Hill in our case, Hill. Uh, uh, what what a find! We are are so happy to have them in this book. Uh, uh, it's oh man, I'm sorry, go ahead, James. And that's the story yeah. Hemlock. That yeah. is the story Hemlock. Yes. And uh, okay, I am so jealous and happy to have that in there. Jealous of the artwork. You know, I I I love it when someone takes. The traditional and does nothing but scan it in and um yeah you can see all the uh not not in a bad way but you can see the the marker lines and stuff in their in their coloring they they do everything traditional and um speaking you know it just speaks right to me it, it could it could be right out of the old old school heavy metal magazines uh super bright colors and um i've actually i put quite a bit of that up on our instagram so if you want to scroll through you can look uh Fugitive poems on the Instagram. I put quite a bit of their their work in there. Um, it's also in the the introductory uh, the introductory video, I guess you'd call it, yeah. on the um, on the page on the Kickstarter. Well, on the Kickstarter page, yeah, yeah. Um, it was also Michael Hill's birthday uh, a couple of days ago, and uh, for his birthday, I put up uh, uh, the entire uh, entire page one of their story on uh, on Twitter. And oh, nice. uh, and made sure to let everyone know that, that he letters. He wants everyone to know he's the writer. But he wants everyone to know that he letters as well. Uh, he yelled at me when I got that wrong once. <laughs> uh, and our case does the color, the art, and the coloring. Uh, okay. Their their story, the, they the, the way that I describe them is that you know you're, you're a high school teacher and there's this this uh, punky looking kid not paying any attention is just bent over his his notebook. And you go over there all high and mighty. So let's see what you're doing here. And you open it up, and it's the most badass uh, art you've ever seen uh, in a notebook. 
work. Like you could, I, you can't, there are no lines on their drawings, but I, I feel them. <laughs> like I feel like it was drawn on notebook paper and it's so cool. I, they're amazing. And by the way, the other story you're talking about, uh, uh, Gabe Martini uh, drew Sleepstream, uh, which was written by Dustin Luke Nelson, who is also a tremendous editor, as, as amazing as he is as a writer. Uh, and uh, Jack Van Tomey, um, uh, Nay Van Thom, which I called him for years, not knowing that I was wrong. Uh, he did the coloring. Uh, just uh, th those are really two tremendous stories. Yeah, going through the campaign page, one of the, a couple of the ones that stood out to me just, and uh, for listeners, if you go to the campaign page, you can kind of scroll through and see like a little glimpse, a little tease, if you will, of uh, some of the artwork and some of the stories. But there's one in particular that, um, uh, the Star People, I think it's by T. Belloc with uh, Iacopi Callisti and uh, Aubrey Lynn Jepsen, um, who's been on the podcast before uh, as the letterer. So, yes. uh, and then the other one, um, which I, I got to know more about, is uh, Sons and Fathers uh, from writer Travis B. Hill and artist Sam Prowls. That um, I, I need to know more about that. That one's about too. Those two immediately stood out to me. Um, Sam Prouse is, uh, I, I worked with Sam on the comic jam, the comic jam.com, which I, I hump every chance I can An incredible group of creators every week. They drop one page comics, uh, based on a theme. And, uh, actually the editor in chief, uh, uh, Casey Allen has a, who did big footnotes karate, uh, with Dan price. He also did voodoo child. Uh, he's in our book with a story, uh, called, uh, bum, a home run, the home run. Uh, with Big Jim Coffin as the artist, uh, and and that is a home run. That story, another that's almost like got a a, a European comics feel to it, a, a Tintin uh, by way of Dylan Dog uh, kind of feel. No, no, not Dylan Dog. That's wrong. Tin, it's got a Tintin feel to it. With but like if Jack Kirby did Tintin, how's that? That's it. Boom. Okay. I've been yeah. I've been trying to think of that <laughs> forever. That's the first time I've gotten it right. <laughs> Jim Crawford is like if if Jack Kirby did Tintin, um, and that, that's an incredible one. But I so I work with Sam Prouse at the Comic Jam, and Travis Hill, who has uh, Techno Nights out now with uh, uh, Dauntless Stories, uh, and uh, has a couple of projects coming out with Band of Bards. Uh, uh, Amongst the Stars is out right now, uh, and uh, Travis is in that as well. He's an incredible writer, and one of the coolest dudes to work with. He's just genuine and nice we uh what, what's the uh what's the rating on this show jimmy we're what words oh <laughs> where you can say whatever you want it's i mean for, within reason i'll i'll censor you if it's too bad <laughs> but just you know <laughs> nothing just we, don't, don't, don't try to be offensive <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna turn this into stern for you no we i, I can say we have a no a-hole policy uh and uh because this is our passion and when when you sign on with us you, part of the notes that you get is our no a-hole policy <laughs> and it's like we, we we're we're all working together we're all getting out there and this is fun and it needs to stay fun the minute this isn't fun i have an email account from my day job where i get unpleasant emails uh i don't my my fugitive poems needs to all be beautiful and happy uh and if it's a right. problem it's gonna be an awesome problem we can solve it's like, oh the dates are off right, right? and uh uh working with travis is always a pleasure and uh uh and Sam had applied and I, I saw them together. Like I just, and they didn't know each other, which is what James was talking about earlier. It's one of our favorite things that we do. Um, uh, they didn't know each other. They'd never worked 
with each other before. Uh, Sam had uh, 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 something happened to him uh, in the middle of this process. And I was like, well, this isn't going to get done. And it it tweeted Sam, or rather uh, uh, texted Sam, do what you got to do, take care of what you got. And then all the art showed up. I'm like, oh, (laughs) he got it done. And he got it done beautifully. And that page on the Kickstarter, uh, that's half of a two-page spread. And as you can imagine, it's it's not the most exciting half. Uh, And yet it's still a really striking page. Yeah. It is. It's it's very striking, and it tells you, you there's just enough there for you to wonder what is that, what is going on in that other page, and and kind of have to know. Um, you know, so one of the things with any Kickstarter or crowdfunding campaign in terms of the reward tiers or the things that you know you're offering, and I know that there's a couple of neat things that you you uh, you folks are doing, um, in particular with like uh, posters that are going to be available. So tell me about the some of the, the posters and some of the reward tiers. And then I also, um, I know that we mentioned before we started that uh, on the Fugitive Poems YouTube, you're going to be, I think, Christian interviewing some of the creators. So talk to me about those about those things so folks can, you know, can, uh, can know what else is coming up. Uh, you know what, what uh, James, uh, I'll, uh, I'll get the uh, basic tiers up. Uh, and the coolest tiers all involve you. So... You should probably uh, uh, say something. Uh, the the coolest here is a signed copy of the script of one of the stories I wrote in the book. That's the coolest. <laughs> I, I put it in as a joke in for volume two because all the great stuff comes from the artist. Nobody gives a damn about the writer. So I said, well, well, I'll sign something. I'm going to hit print and my 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 copy paper printer. <laughs> I'll sign. It. I think three people got it. I was flattered. Um, but I, it's like when we're at a con, nobody wants to talk to me. Um, it's, like, it's like, well, you see, I had the ideas. They're like, did you draw this? No. Okay, go away. <laughs> so we have the basic tier. We have the uh, uh, the book. Uh, it's a hundred. It's it's uh, it may end up being a little bit more than 140 pages. Actually, oh, okay. Uh, it's pretty much done. We're putting the finishing touches on it. Um, but um. It's 140, at least 140 pages of wild sci-fi stories. And they're just, they're wild. And that's kind of our thing is that we don't, we don't do anything that's, that's cliche or over. We want something that's really out there and it's going to grab you and you're going to have a ton of fun. You're going to say, holy cow, I never thought of that before. So that's the the basic reward here. Sorry. Original too. I'm, I'm, I'm a real sticker for, uh, uh, originality. I, I don't like rehashes of rehashes of rehashes. You know, I, I, that's one of the things I'm really proud of in our books. You, you're going to see brand new stuff and new ideas. And um, I, I tell you that Container Breach Two is so dense that yeah, it, it wasn't even a book that you could read in, in one sitting. And not only the page count, but also just yeah, you know, to, to really soak it in, you, you had to you had to break it up over a couple of days. It's uh, a really intense uh, uh, content. You know, because we're not doing, you know, 50 pages. Everyone's doing, you know, our, our shortest story is, uh, I think, four pages, and the longest is like 12. Mm-hmm. So you're you're having to pack a lot into a small uh, area. So yeah, there's just a lot of cool original stuff in there, in, yeah. in the new one as well as the as well as two. I, and that's been you, you mentioned that we have a YouTube channel, uh, Fugitive Poems is the channel. 
Uh, and uh, I do interviews, what we call containment breach, three minute meets, and not one of them is three minutes. Uh, as you're sure you can understand why after talking to me a little bit. Uh, and uh, but we introduce uh, all the artists, all the people that are in the book. I do an intro. I do an interview with them because I want them to get. I want everyone to see them. Like you talk about what you did in the book, and now tell me about everything else that you're doing. You can hump anything you want. Get it out there. Uh, and we've already dropped uh, uh, for this book for volume three. Uh, the interview I did with uh, Camilla Sims, who worked with Leland Bjerg, um, on uh, on a great story called Hammurabi's Coat. Uh, and, uh, and uh, also like an interview that. I did with, uh, uh, Jay Sheik, uh, Leland, Leland, when we did the interview, Leland's like, I gotta tell you something. I was mad at you. He had sent me this super polite email. He said, you, you wrote Hammurabi's coat. I'm assuming that's a, uh, a typo, right? It's, it's Hammurabi's coat. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, what the heck do I to do with that? Well, they, him, him and Camilla did something. It is a. What a cool look to this story. Totally different. Uh, so we had an interview up with her and his is coming. And then the other one that's already up is with uh, Jay Sheik, uh, who I wrote a story with him. Uh, I was so honored to be able to work with Jay Sheik. I've been a, a fan of Jay's for forever. Another incredible human being. Uh, wonderful person. Uh, and uh, he's got, uh, he drew my marauding space chicken, uh, which is definitely a part of this book. Uh, and at one of the reward tiers, you can get the faux movie poster that we did for that story, uh, which is uh, inspired by the layout of The Graduate. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of that. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, so that's just it, some of the stuff we've got. That's awesome. So, James, did I see that um, I think so, so, some of your like original artwork also like available as tiers? Yeah, so we have a couple of tiers. Uh, one one is uh, we did this on the last one. You can basically get a uh, black black and white drawing of something that kind of I choose. Uh, I, I did actually include some some of the stuff that was related to the stories, but other other ones I did, um, you know, just um, yeah, random drawings. I I, I um, but the uh, the other ones that I think are a little more interesting are the production artwork uh, from Thermo Clients. Uh, so one of the pages from Thermoclines is up on the uh, up on the site, and uh, I have eight eight pages. My my process that I go through is uh, you know I start with pencils and I use a whiteboard to do my inks, uh, usually tra traditionally, and then I switch over, uh, scan everything in, and I, I usually color um, uh, digitally. So these okay. are these are the inks that came off my whiteboard. And get scanned in at 11 by 17, and then are dropped down uh, to this 600 DPI that we use. Uh, so that production art—it's not exactly uh, finished art. It's uh, you know, it's the production work. So it's uh, you know, the it's just the inks. Uh, some of them, if you were to buy these, you would uh, you would see that some of the artwork might have changed a little bit. You know, maybe reposition them a little bit digitally or. Or occasionally, if I if I don't like a face or something, I'll I'll change that out. I, so other ones are a lot, you know, some are close, really close, to what you see in the book, and other ones are, you know, kind of at least parts of it. But it's all kind of the original, uh, the original stuff. So we're we're selling those as a tier. Um, I think we had eight of those. I, I don't know if those have gone yet, as we speak. Um, and then we've sold a couple of the original art ones, and then we also have 
a not safe for work um, tier, which was one particular page out of thermoclines, the saucy page, let's call it. Uh, <laughs> it's actually a full page spread. And um, uh, it, it's uh, no pun intended. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah no <laughs> So it's it's a full it's a full parade spread done in pencils, and then uh, like I said, I, I usually um, well not usually I, I always use our boards uh, to do my uh, inks on it. So what's cool is I I have a nice clean uh, pencil, and then the ink version, and we're selling those both together in the package. So you can actually get this, and when you put them up side by side, because you know, of the scaling and stuff, they're actually the exact same size and everything. So it shows you the process from the pencils to the inks. Um, and that one, like I said, some, some of them it, you'll, you know, three quarters of the page might be the same. This one, if you look in the book and you see the page in there and you look at your artwork that you got, it, it's very similar. I, I did very few changes on that one. So, uh, oh, see, that's awesome. Are, I, it's so cool. Yeah, I love those Kickstarter tiers that, that kind of, you know, allow you to kind of have that 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 piece of the the artwork especially artists that are still doing things you know that uh, even if you know pencils are inking traditionally you know before switching over to digital and color uh, i i just i love that aspect of it and be able to have that thing you can hold in your hands and you know put on the wall and the artwork i mean james your artwork's fantastic thank you thank you yeah actually we we did the same we did the same tier for containment breach too and that that one, I actually I did do watercolors too. So that those were uh, a bit more finished. Um, mm -hmm. Still, still different. You know, I, I did watercolors, but um, then when when I brought them in and um, processed them, I made them much darker. It's a very dark story. So you know, it was all all happening in dark rooms at night. Uh, you know, and things skittering around and so forth. If you haven't, uh, some people will be looking to buy our our legacy tier where you can actually buy all three of our books. Uh, so we got a real dark story in number two. So, so I had the original um, watercolors and then I really darkened them up in there. But uh, I, I think we sold that one out, right, Christian? Oh yeah, that, that, that was gone all back. Uh, mailing out your art was, was painful. I hated sending it out, but they, it sold. It doesn't bother him at all. He's not, he doesn't, he's not attached at all. I'm sitting there rolling them up going, well, this is gone. <laughs> James, I do want to say before we, we go much further, like when, when folks have like stuff in, in the background and I know a lot of writers like Christian is will sit in like front of like books or like a little library or whatnot, or I, I've had different artists, you know, just in different spaces, but I, I'm, I, I love the, I love whatever room you're in, in terms of the, the, the rate, the, I guess the stereo system back there, the the lighting. I got the Joker poster, and what is that? A big is that like a heavy metal like Frazetta on the wall frame yeah, back there? So that, <laughs> that is a uh, oh, what do they call those? A cliche print of Frank Frazetta's uh, Conan. Uh, oh, I'm okay. a lifelong Frazetta fan. I I believe I I'm not 100 percent sure, but I believe it's actually the size that it was painted at, and it was it's a limited run. Uh, the Frazetta girls, his two, uh, I believe it's his two daughters are, um, mm -hmm. they, they sell a lot of his prints and stuff and put a lot out, a lot of cool merchandise. So this was like one on one fifty or 100 or something. And as soon as I saw it, I, you know, I, uh, Christian and I both teach, I've actually used 
this piece, um, you know, in my uh, color theory class, just showing all the different colors and stuff uh, in there and the, the, the imagery. I mean, th that guy is one of my gods. Uh, I always worshipped it, like everything he did ever since I was a little kid. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that's my stereo rack back there, all 70s uh, equipment. I got <laughs> lots of records. Yeah, I know. So th th this is actually my art studio. I would show you my art desk, but it's kind of a yeah, tragic I know and, I know and, we're on a uh, podcast, but I, I want to put, I, I want to try, I have to get some of this and like cut it down to, to video so folks can like see this in the background, but it's awesome. That, that Joker there, he's going to be, for, he's not quite done yet. He's going to be for sale at uh, Terrificon up in Connecticut. Christian and I are oh. doing that. So, so that's, awesome. uh, that's all fan art that I did. I, I have a Hulk uh, girl. She's kind of hard to see back there. Got her up there yeah. as well. I Terrificon, that's... Yeah, uh, that's the I, one in I August to, you know, to, to go July. back and forth between them. Uh, Terrificons uh, in uh, at Mohegan Sun in Connecticut in July. Oh, that's fantastic. All right. Yeah. Well, if anyone's listening and, uh, and you know, uh, you're getting it before July and you're in the Connecticut area. Um, so cool. I, I also wanted to talk about, you know, one of the things we call this the cryptid creator corner and i'm always interested in how folks get their start creatively like what made you want to tell stories what made you want to be an artist maybe it, there wasn't something that made you maybe you just kind of gravitated towards it and and worked at it and worked at it but um and i'm always interested not just in you know the creative field but why comics in particular so i don't know which one of you you want to start but I, just to give the listeners a little bit about you know your background and um you know, how you found your way to comics, how you found your way to putting out these anthologies. You know, actually, I can I can answer that uh, and also mention there's one other tier I wanted to mention. Because uh, oh, okay. it ties to uh, James. James said that we're both professors, both college uh, professors. Um, I teach writing and literature. Uh, I also have a company, Tellworthy Creative Writing Services, where I'm a writing coach and editor. And editing the stories is one of you. This I can... I can get a bunch of the questions that you've asked together here. One of the great pleasures, I am excited every time a script comes in, every time a new piece of art, the pencils to the inks to the colors. And I love the entire process. And I love being the editor in chief. And James is the art director. And we have uh, Mark Capitelli as our senior editor. We have so, it's not like, oh, it's too much. Oh, it's another job. No, this is the one I'm looking for. Uh, and uh, we, have had a great time working with up-and-coming creators as well and helping them. James talks about color theory. He's talked about it with, with some of our artists that don't do color normally. Um, yeah, and he's helped them out. He's helped them uh, not just lay out pages, but how to how to color them, how to how to, trying different effects for for shadow and depth. And we love it. We're happy. This is we're happy to do this. I am on the ground level of every script. <clears throat> I'm I, I start with you send me the script. I'll send it back to you five times if I need to. Uh, always uh, fun and having a good time with it, but it's going to be, it's not going in the book if it's not great. And I know you can make it great. And I love that process. So one of the reward tiers here, because we had a bunch of people tell us after we finished these books, I've never worked with an editor before. I've never worked with an art director before. I get it now. I see the value. Thank you. This story wouldn't have been this if we hadn't talked about that, et cetera. Well, we decided to put up a reward tier where you get the copy of the book and a script review. If you want to send me an issue, a comic issue script, and I will do what I do for our people on it. I will write 
huge commentary all over and really give you thoughts, tell you what's great, because that's so important to tell people what they're doing right, not just so they feel good, but so they keep doing it. No, no, we need more of this, right? Here's where this went off. Please don't ever do, don't ever do. And it was what I call the Biggie Smalls ending. It was all a dream. We do not allow that as an ending in our books. (laughs) 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 It was all a dream, Um, right? And I'm always, anyone that's worked with me, you'll hear them talking about, probably making fun of me about the word, the button. Oh yeah, well, but where's the button on the end? And explaining that concept. Yeah, the story ends, but then what are we left with? What what do you want to still play in my brain, right? So we put that, a script review is one of the reward tiers and a portfolio or art issue review from James. Uh, You get the book and he will review your portfolio. I mean, people come up to us at Terrificon, show him their portfolios. I just sit there in awe of anything because I can't draw. Uh, I won't be giving you the art art comments. I'll be like, good for you. You're not doing stick figures. I do stick figures. Uh, But so that those are two tiers. And that, is because that that's not a uh, maybe this will sell. We'll put it on the tier. No, I would love to do that. I would love to do that. We actually Fugitive Palms is going to be uh, hanging out a shingle uh, later this year once we're through this, offering uh, some limited editing slots and writing coach and art slots uh, because we love to do we, we we love to teach and we love to think about this stuff and uh, so we decided to put that there for that reason. Yeah, I think that's. I, I think those are great tiers. Sorry, James, go ahead. Yeah, no. It also, along those lines, we're uh, later on in the year in our our YouTube, we're, we're going to be making some uh, videos uh, that kind of go through the process, like the things that we have to say over and over again to the to our contributors. We're going to kind of make some uh, video content out there for uh, you know people who you know want to get into the game, and and also that we do have uh, three different tiers. So if you're just an artist. We have just the art review. If you're just a writer. We have the writing review, and we and then Christian said we do have the combined one as well. So there's one for any customer. Yeah, I, I I'm sure those are are going to go. I always think those are valuable. I, I think I think I see it less and less in the the few years that I've been active on Twitter and the indie comic circle and and working for or you know interviewing for Comic Book Yeti. Um, people kind of like shying away or saying like, oh, I don't need an editor. Like more and more you, I see folks embracing like the benefits of, you know, you, you need, you want to, you want to have a professional looking comic, you know, the, the two things that folks sometimes because of the cost think they can't, they, they, uh, I guess try to skimp on or like a letterer and an editor. But I think you, you need, you need a professional of both. <laughs> oh, lettering is, uh, I didn't understand lettering uh, really until we got deep into making comics, understanding a lifelong comic fan. I did not understand the value till I started making comics of the letterer. Uh, and, uh, and Kevin, Kevin D Lintz, who I have dubbed the uh, uh, master of visual sound um, is a terrific letterer. And uh, he's working, he's going to be lettering our, our uh, volume four story. Uh, Tom Linet lettered our volume three. But Kevin said, when I interviewed him on our Fugitive Poems YouTube channel, see how I snuck that in? Subscribe. Yeah. Um, he said, uh, uh, you know, a good letterer, uh, a letterer is doing their job when you don't notice and you don't think about it. Um, and I've seen exceptions to that too. I, you know, who I love is, uh, I've never worked with, uh, letters, uh, letter squids. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, he, letter squids work with, uh, Fellhound on Ca- Captain Rayo, 
Fellhound, another incredible human being. Uh, the lettering is a character in Captain Rail. Uh, as a character, it's its own character. It's incredible. So I think there's the there's the, what Kevin Lynch said, which is correct. Where it's you just you're flowing with the comic, and the words are just part of the art. And then there's this other bombastic way you can do it. And if either of those ways are done poorly, the comic is destroyed. We had a comic in volume two that was gorgeous, and then the artist did the lettering, and we had to very politely be like, so. <laughs> you get someone else to do the lettering. It, yeah. it, it was like someone had, uh, well, these people had been doing it, throwing food on the mo- on paintings in museums. It was, uh-huh. like, it was like that. And it, and it was shocking because suddenly I couldn't even see the art right. Like, I'm like, I know this is beautiful art, but why it doesn't look beautiful anymore? And it's not the art's fault. The art didn't change. Right. But yeah, absolutely. 100%. And an editor. Yeah. Yeah, those two things I think have such a, a you know a, a big impact, and um, I, I think those are I think those are great re- reward tiers. Um, Thank you. So, how did the two of you first you know connect for fugitive poems? So, Christian and I worked together uh, at the same college, and uh, we we were friendly. You know, we'd say hi in the hallway. You know, we didn't really know each other that well, but um, uh, James is terrifying if you don't know him. Uh, he had what I call resting psychopath face. Oh no! <laughs> You're walking down down the hall and you see him. I'm five foot six, which is very tall for an Italian. Don't make fun of me. No, but he's he's very tall, and uh, so he just walked down the hall like Michael Myers. So I knew him, and uh, I liked him anytime I'd had an interaction. But but <laughs> we didn't know each other that well because occasionally I was terrified. <laughs> I don't believe it. I, I, James is the the friendliest faced person I've ever seen on this. I, I, I th- James, I think you and I would be instant friends. Yes, yes, I agree. <laughs> um, so, so we had a another guy. He he actually does uh, interviews as well. Mike Garcia. Uh, he he at the time was working at the school too, and uh, Christian had. Uh, I forget. Did Mike request a script, or did you pass it off to him, or? Forget that part of the story. Michael Grassi is the reason I started writing comics. I've written novels and short stories and screenplays and plays. And despite my lifelong love of comics, I never wrote comics, which is weird. Uh, and he said, would you write a script for me? And uh, um, and I said, sure. And I started writing some scripts for him. And, uh, and then um, I had an idea, which happens like 47 times a day. I, I wish I had more time. Uh, I had an idea for a story, but for the first time ever, it came out as a comic. It wasn't a short story. It wasn't a novel. It wasn't a screenplay. It, it was, I knew in my soul this was a comic. I was picturing the panels first, and I'd never done that. So I just wrote it. I just jotted it out. I wrote it, and uh, I, I showed it to him because he's the guy I was talking comics with. And uh, James? So... Um... Mike, Mike and I shared a office and he, he just had it on his desk and I, uh, you know, I saw Christian's name. So I picked it up and took a look at it. I was like, Oh wow, this is great. And, um, I didn't even read the whole thing. I read the first couple of pages. This is, a a, a title, the title that started us, it's called Finnis and we will see it eventually. You can see some of the artwork on the, uh, on our, uh, webpage uh, website, but, um, I, I was really taken with this one character. She's walking down uh, 
Fifth Avenue in Manhattan, and she's got this big long scarf trailing behind her, and that that image like really instantly. Um, I, I don't know if all artists do this. I, I guess they probably do, but if something inspires me, I can see it. Like I, I can I can immediately see her walking down the street, and oh, oh, you know I can picture that right away. So that that was one of the times where I just I pictured it right away, and I went home, and I I, I had never done any. Uh, comic book stuff i was never actually in like into comic books when i was younger i just i didn't have the older brother that read comics or something i was just more into as you can see music and um um i i think a lot of stuff that i really looked at was like covers uh album covers and stuff like that so i i drew the uh i drew her name's pam i drew her out and uh showed it to christian and that's that's how we how we got started yeah I, I was the first time I had ever had my my comic, a panel of my idea drawn, mm -hmm. and I didn't even know what to do with it. It was a, it was the first time I experienced the magic uh, that Jimmy has never lessened. Every time J James has drawn a lot of my weird stuff now, every time he I get a text message of a of a of a scribbling that he's done. Hey, you think of something like this? my heart jumps it's it, it, it what he does with my work is unbelievable and that excitement i mean that makes everything worth it um he, he sees my ideas and then he does something to them where the way i usually describe it is it's exactly what i wanted and much much more and things i never thought of all at the same time uh so much so that occasionally i'll go and i'll tweak the script uh there's, there's there's a character in Finnis that only exists because he drew her on the subway next to the main character so vividly. I'm like, well, now she has to be a factor in the story. <laughs> He's like, just a random person. You can't do that every time. I'm like, no, she's alive. I see her. I see her soul. I know her life. <laughs> and James, since you've you know been doing this and and drawing comics and with you know you're been a fan of music as you just said, album covers and. Uh, Conan, well, in particular, like Frank Frazetta, is there something, you know, in terms of these different genres that you really like drawing that like when somebody has a story idea or when you've seen something and you're like, this is this is for me? Uh, yeah, it's going to sound cheesy, but uh, Chris, me. Everything, everything that Christian writes, I, I, I think we've had one oh. one dispute where I didn't want to draw what he wrote. And that, that was one script and Christian, he'll, he'll have 15 scripts. I, I, the, the way that we bonded together on it, it's li literally when we work together, it's like sparks are flying and so forth. Um, I, I have grown so much doing this stuff and I would highly recommend to anyone who's looking to get into uh, comics, whether you're a writer or an artist is finding, finding that uh, someone you can match up with and uh bounce ideas off of and uh you know go back and forth that's really where the where the growth happens you know if you just do everything in your own little uh swimming pool you know you, you're going to set up all your your own um barriers and you'll you'll set up the bumpers like they do you know when you're playing uh you know, when you're bowling and you don't know how to bowl uh you know you'll you'll put that stuff in there and not even think about it psychologically but when you work with someone else, you gotta you gotta jump off the cliff, and uh, you know because it's the, it's the only way you can do it. It's uh it's been very beneficial. I mean beyond beneficial 
for me and my process just to work with with a writer. The the closest thing I had professionally was I had some experience doing uh, game design way back when I I used I went to school for three D animation. We and I worked for a game company for a while. And the closest thing I could think of to the writer relationship is uh, working with a coder. Um, like they're like completely different animal. They think different. They're they're very creative, but they're creative with numbers and words, and uh, totally different from what I do. So that that was a real growth period too, because the you know, guy, you know, I make these designs and stuff. And the guy's like, you know, what are you talking about? I can't make that work, you know. Um, and uh, you know that happens with Christian and I. Christian likes to put like sixteen different uh, things into one panel, and oh yeah, he goes here and then he turns left and he he shoots and ducks and then goes you know down through the. Uh, down through the alley and i'm like oh okay that's like 15 panels you put it all on panel one and then he has like six, uh seven more panels on the page <laughs> you know so <laughs> it, it, the learning goes uh you know it goes both ways and uh it, it's just been it's been very gratifying that, and i'm starting start to catch up with the the comic stuff now too i've i've decided that i'm a dc guy i'm on the i'm, I'm on the dc tree if you ask me uh, out of the big two um I've become very, uh, very familiar with the, I mean, I, I, of course, everyone knows who Batman is and so forth, but I've been, you know, reading a lot more of the DC stuff. So I, I think I lean in that direction. All right. Yeah. I, I've, I've always read more DC. I, I've read very few Marvel comic books in my life. Like whenever I have somebody on and I, we start talking comics and they're like, of course I love the X-Men. And I'm like, mom, please don't, please, please don't ask me any X-Men things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just, it was just, uh, just a, a big marble sized hole in like in my 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 comics reading, but I I gravitate more towards. I've read a lot more 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 DC uh, over my yeah. life. That, that really it just aligns more with what I like about comics. Uh, Christian bought me an '80s X Men comic, and I I got to one point I I sent him a picture of uh, remember that '80s outfit that I I said now it's like what is what is this guy wearing? And uh, <laughs> it got really crazy. That was like a, a late, late eighties X-Men book. And I was just like, I just, I stopped at this one frame. I was like, I, I don't even know if I can read the rest of this. It's ridiculous. Um, I'm all more he had some sort of pseudo eighties, like a uh, uh, spandex on and uh, <laughs> weird glasses. And yeah. I, I, I like looking at like reading the older comics, in particular, like the 70s and 80s, um, you know, I mean, not too far back in the Silver Age. I like some of them, but um, I like getting the comics from like the 70s and 80s and looking at the ads in the comics. Yes. Like I, yeah, yeah. I would I would buy a hardcover book that's just like Marvel and DC ads from the 80s, yeah. you know, like for old TV shows and cartoons and I, other weird products. Like I would buy a, a coffee table size book if somebody just collected them. Yeah. 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 I, 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 love, I love that stuff too. I'll find a, like an old, like look magazine or something like that. You know, the, the kinds you'll find in tag sales. Yeah. Uh, I'll do the same thing. Yeah, I, I'll flip through. Some, sometimes the content's cool, but I'll sit and I'll rip out picture yeah i'm a real car buff as well so i'll i'll pull, I'll pull out all the car edge for chevrolet and ford and stuff i i, I love that old advertising yeah yeah uh, yeah there one one comic in particular like there was a double page spread ad i think it was from 83 or 84 and it was an ad for the saturday morning cartoons and it was like the mr t cartoon and it was yeah. nice. a couple of others um shirt tails and i was just like i just want this i just want to frame this <laughs> Yes, absolutely. 
I, I saw one the other day. It was uh, my, my buddy, uh, Dave Katz, who has a story in volume four that is going to cause existential crises in the readers. I'm just saying no. that right now. Uh, it's incredible. And we uh, teamed him up with uh, Rob Toll, great artist. Uh, another comic jammer, but he uh, he brought me he bought me a, a, a collection of the, the entire run of Slash Maraud from DC, and it was this. I mean, it's wild early MTV era eighties DC comics Slash Maraud, and uh, the comic is so eighties and awesome. But I kept getting completely distracted by the ads. <laughs> Capri Sun is teaming up with Sega for a, what? <laughs> but yeah, the, awesome, awesome to find this. Well, Christian, similar to the question I asked James, I'm just curious. You said you, you've written, you know, in addition to the getting into the comics, but you've you've done novels and screenplays and plays, short stories. I'm sure. Um, is there is there a genre like you say you have like? 47 ideas a day, but is there something that you typically tend to gravitate towards? Like, or is there some hook in terms of writing that you really like, you know, to see, or you really like to tell stories? What do you mean by the hook? No, well, I mean, like, not, not just, but maybe not like an overarching genre, maybe more, maybe hooks the wrong word, maybe like a theme, like, like big, big right now is, you know, old man caring for like, a small child like the Mandalorian or last of us or something or like, like, you know, lone wolf and cub type of thing. You right. know? I've got all my lone wolf and cubs. I love yeah, that. Yeah. Mine is like time travel stories. I'm nuts for time travel stories. I, I want to read them. I love to consume them. I like to write them. I, I just got, uh, I was in Texas, uh, visiting a buddy and we, there was this book and record shop. I mean, it's what it said. I was a record shop. I was so excited. I'm in New York. If it's not corporate, we don't we don't have it around here. So it was really cool to see this. And they had a uh, you know how Barnes and Nobles bundles like uh, 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 genres, mm -hmm. or, yeah, or, or or like the short stories of some writers. They had this collection, uh, gothic, this haunted house stories. So they've got a whole bunch of these. They've got sci. They've got time travel. They've got. I'm a sucker. For a haunted house story, I love a good haunting. Love it. That's probably my favorite genre, subgenre of horror. And so I had to grab this. There's a bunch of really cool stuff in it. So that's one that I love. Uh, and actually, the novel I'm working on now, uh, and have been working on for a while because I've most of my writing energy has been going to comics over the mm -hmm. last couple of years. But is I started writing my own haunted house story. Um, the first part, the, it's actually three distinct stories. Uh, that take place, uh, but whatever, one of them's done. Um, so that, but uh, I, I love to write prose, um, but I've been writing comics for the last couple of years pretty much exclusively um, because uh, the ideas just started flowing in that direction uh, and and playing with images. And what I, whenever I, I pop back over to prose, kind of like what, what James was saying, I've become a much better prose writer. Uh, because I'm not as verbose as I used to be. You know, when you're writing in a Word document, you know, you can write as many words as you want. The hell are they going to do about it? Now, obviously, you should edit at some point. But having to write panel descriptions that won't make an artist want to kill themselves, uh, saying it right. Um, I had a comic come out last week uh, with the comic jam called uh, uh, Just Another Word. Uh, and a really cool thing happened where two artists were given the script by accident. 
and uh, uh, and they didn't know. And so the, I got two versions of the of the comic made. And the thing that struck James and a number of other people that looked at it is how similar the main the design of the main character was. Uh, and for these two that these two artists did, uh, Brian Beardsley and um, uh, Dougal. Uh, oh, Ryan Devine, I believe. If I'm wrong, I apologize, Ryan. Um, but I realized it was one of the best uh, panel descriptions I had ever written, and that's why. The way that I described him was like a, a sentence, a short sentence. It was less words than I, than I normally use, and that's always my goal now is less words, less words. And when I went back, because so many people commented on how similar the guys looked, and the rest of the design was different. I went and I looked at my description. I said, you know, I'm doing something here. I've, I've, I've crested another small hill. Uh, uh, writing comics is, is making me a much better writer of everything else uh, because of that need for economy and efficiency, uh, but still pop. Right. And uh, yeah, I mean, so- I, that makes a lot of sense. That's interesting. I like the idea, though, of um, different artists kind of tackling the same script. I know it was kind of a, a, a happy accident, I'd say, but I, because I like to see that variation in terms of how, because I'm not artistic. I, I, I can't, I have a child that my oldest, who's 10, draws, and I, I don't understand where that came from. My, my, my wife is and her family, her side is talented, but I, I have no real artistic ability. And uh, just to see that how the the different mind works to kind of interpret those words in the in the panel you know in the paneling or in the character design i i, I love to see that i think that's very interesting it was uh, the theme was the living uh the living to- uh, living toys was the theme uh and i believe it was well actually while we're recording it it's the current week <laughs> right of the comic jam uh but they um it's something i i'd wanted to see too i had thought what, what if we did that had a couple artists do the same script and See what it, but not have them work together, and it did happen as a happy accident. It was really interesting. I mean, that's one of the coolest things about working with James is him and I are so similar, but have very different influences. Also, we've got a lot of the same and a lot of very different. I'm not into cars at all, or or or, or sports, or or uh, he likes to say anything manly at all. Uh, <laughs> I can't building anything, <laughs> um, and so he'll see something I wrote and it'll trigger the thing we have in common and something else that he'll bring into it. So when the piece of art comes in, I'm like, where's that coming from? And he'll explain it to me. And now I want to go write more of that. And that's been very, very cool. So seeing what somebody brings in to reading the description to the art is, is incredible. Yeah, I, um, that's one of the uh, that, that's one of the beauties of the collaboration of comics when those those two things you know when they meet. Um, but you know I, I don't want to keep you uh, you fine gentlemen all night. Is there anything else? Uh, I'm going to put links in the show notes to uh, your website and the Kickstarter and the YouTube channel so folks can go and start looking at those videos of uh, Christian interviewing some of the other creators in this, but is there anything else you want the listeners to know about uh, containment breach volume three of clouds and ether? It's so good. <laughs> it's so good. And I can say that because most of the stories are not ours. Um, uh, everyone brought all of their a game. Uh, the book is beautiful to just flip through and then you read the stories and they're exciting. 
Uh, you want to get you want to get there. Oh, and uh, the thing I wanted to say is there is a tier where you can get the book and one uh, randomly selected one of three movie posters, faux movie posters. Uh, the Yankovic theorem, uh, which I wrote and Jay Sheik drew, uh, um, uh, with uh, Bread Razor doing the colors, and uh, um, Kevin D. Lintz actually did the did the lettering on that. As above, which uh, Jack Van Tomey uh, did the art with, and Patrick Hicks wrote, terrific writer, uh, and um, also a novelist. And uh, uh, on Tay Bellic, which you noticed, the star people, Ayakopo Kalisti did a beautiful poster for the star people, which uh, Aubrey Lynn Jefferson uh, uh, lettered and, and sort of laid out and whatnot. Uh, it's it's a really cool tier. We had a day one only deal where you got the book and all three posters, but that was day one only. So now uh, you, you can add on the posters uh, also, but there is a tier where you can get the book and one randomly selected poster. And we thought it'd be kind of cool to have a, a thing where you didn't know which one you were going to get, but they're all beautiful and they're really cool. Uh, so please go to the Kickstarter, jump on board. we got some great stuff. We got some uh, uh, great stre stretch goals. We're going to figure out. <laughs> I, yeah, I the, the, the stretch goals are the key. Um, but go ahead, yeah, James. Please, uh, as Christian's the writer, but James, I want you. I want you to have the last word. <laughs> I got um, well. One more thing that you actually said. You, you said you like time travel stories. We have the first ten pages of our what will be our our first full one off. Um, the River series is pure uh mind effing time travel uh stories we we go all over from uh the the rainforest of peru to uh, uh lancaster pennsylvania in this uh story oh. it's crazy we, <laughs> we we put it in in the first uh first edition we we kind of did containment breach one like a zine sort of thing and uh we, just to thicken it out a little bit we stuck the first 10 pages in there of river. So if you like time travel stories, you want to get that one. That's, that's the only place that it's in print right now. We actually had them up for free on uh, our website. And we, we figured out that we wanted to, uh, it, it started out as, what was it? A seven page story, Christian, uh, yep. based off like one idea, but we've expanded it out. Uh, it's going to be come out as, uh, either additions or what we're going to do it as a, a, a full, um, Full story. Yeah, that's that's a teaser for dis distributary, which is the second yeah. one, which is even crazier than the first one. But if you like time travel stories, that that one's in there. And to go back to the uh, the tiers, we have very few of those hard. Uh, they're not hardcover. Um, hard copy books. Uh, containment breach one. Uh, so so much so that we could possibly run out of those. That 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 is the second run on those. We did the first. We did a first run and sold out on those. And the second run is it. So those yep. those books are going to become a hot commodity. You're not going to be able to get them. Um, we might not sell them all on the campaign, but it is a possibility. And uh, that has that story in there. And we do have, uh, like I said, a catch up tier, uh, both digital and print of the legacy, the story. So you can still at this time get uh, books one, two, and three. And uh, the first edition of Containment Breach 2, Myth Reborn, we're, we're getting low on stock on that as well. So if, if you're into, you know, getting the first editions and so forth, we actually um, almost mistakenly, we uh, we came up with a concept that we uh, we do our first editions with like a matte uh, cover on it. And then the subsequent ones all have the, the shiny covers on them. So 
we got about uh, we, we did the math on container breach too, and we're, we're coming low on those too. We'll probably be out of those by the time we get to Terrificon, which is in uh, in July. So, you know, it, now's the time to get them if you want to get those uh, those physical editions there. Yeah, I, I've probably mentioned on the the podcast before to, to listeners, but I'm a big fan of anthologies. Generally, I like all the dif- I like to get something, and I when I can read all the the different stories, the different artwork. You can there's so many more creators that you can kind of discover looking at you know reading an anthology. Um, if anyone hasn't read this volume two, Myth Reborn was excellent. There's some of the, I think some of the same creators in volume three, so that's very exciting. And um, yeah, I recognized a couple of the names. Um, from the creator list, from the Kickstarter, like uh, like Travis B. Hill that we was mentioned, and uh, like I think Matt Battaglia has a story in in Volume Three as well. Yeah. And Matt's yeah. Matt's work is fantastic. Yes, yep. He's got House on Fire on Amazon. You can pre-order it on Amazon. It's his latest one. Yeah, uh, Matt, Matt and he Matt Battaglia is a stunning talent. Yeah, he's he's yeah. like a, his work is like a force of nature. It's like a hurricane on paper. It's Incredible style. Yeah, I, I really, really like his work. We also have Vitaly Kilchenko, a uh, Ukrainian artist living in, in Ukraine right now, uh, who is pumping out gorgeous, powerful short stories uh, while under attack. I mean, he's in, in Ukraine. And uh, uh, every now and again, I, I got an email from him. He's like, I haven't had internet for a couple of weeks, but I wanted to check in. Uh, he's actually currently in uh, um, Amongst the Stars uh, from Band of Bards, which is up on, on Kickstarter. And uh, a bunch of fellow fugitives are in there as well. Ben Humanick, who was in Volume 2. Uh, we've got uh, 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 Brett Fisher, who is going to be in Volume 4. Uh, we've got, uh, uh, um, who's the other person? And Travis Hill, who is in Band of Bards uh, Amongst the Stars. So if you want a great double feature... Uh, and you can get as much Vitaly Kelchenko as you can get. Vitaly is going to explode. Vitaly is so good. He is so good. Gorgeous. If you if you look, there's that there's the page with the with the rocket ship and the guy looking out of the window on the Kickstarter. Vitaly is, is really he's gonna he's gonna go go all the way. He's amazing. And it's got like a 2001 feel to it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. Well, um, Christian and James, I can't thank you enough for coming on the program today to talk about uh, Fugitive Poems, Containment Breach, Volume 3. And so I'm going to have links for the listeners, you know, in the show notes. And please go to the Kickstarter, check it out. Um, There's a lot of friends of the podcast. That's the first time I use that phrase. There's a lot of friends of the podcast uh, in the anthology. And then you can also look for Volume 4. You can check out the videos on YouTube. You can check out the Comic Jam. Um, and so all of that will be available for you to, to check out and hopefully back the Kickstarter. Like I said, when we started, uh, I, right now you're at like 83%. So it'll be a few days, um, from when we're recording from when this aired. So, um, and then you'll have to, I think the end of March to check it out and back the Kickstarter and then, um, look for, uh, James and Christian and I, uh, in the fall for our taxi podcast, where we cover the first episode, like father, like daughter, uh, originally aired September twelfth, nineteen seventy eight, and we're going to give you all our thoughts. You're going to love it. It's gonna, it's going to be hot. It's going to be great. I am so, so uh, Christian, the <laughs> James, thank you very much uh, for Comic Book Yeti's Cryptic Creator Corner. I am one of your hosts, Jimmy Gasparro, and if you 
like the podcast and um, my barely coherent uh, ramblings after lawyering all day, please rate and review and subscribe and say nice things about us on social media because despite my tough exterior, I'm very, very sensitive. Uh, So thank you, (laughs) listeners. And uh, I will see you next time. Christian and James, thank you very much. Thank you, Jim. This is Byron O'Neill, one of your hosts of the Cryptid Creator Corner, brought to you by Comic Book Yeti. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of our podcast. Please rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff. It lets us know how we're doing, and more importantly, how we can improve. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode of the Cryptid Creator Corner, maybe you would enjoy our sister podcast, Into the Comics Cave. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.